Cavalcade Audio Productions presents Star Drifter, the science fiction audiobook series written and read by David Collins Rivera. Today's story, Unit 19, Part 1. General lighting was spotty in York Zolas-class boats. Vessels like these were really only designed for the comfort and security of shipping bundles and containers, not people, and it was loaded from deck to overhead. So full, in fact, the boat's interior seemed to be little more than a few narrow, metal-lined companionways. They ran parallel to centerline, with only one slightly larger intersecting hallway athwartship that ended in huge, pressurized roll doors on both port and starboard. That was how the automated load bots had gotten all the containers stowed away so perfectly, and how another identical fleet of bots would get them out. People, on the other hand, had to make do with tiny one-person airlocks fore and aft. They were slow to cycle and as cramped as coffins. I can't land a solid reading. I'm chasing ghosts here. You're right on top of it, Sol. We've got sympathetics all up and down the ship now. And Sims put the flux epicenter at Unit 19, Boat 33. It had taken him 41 minutes by exotram, priority speed the whole way, to get here from Unit 71, where the emergency call had come in during breakfast. He couldn't have been the closest AGID technician that ShipSys Central had available, Then again, there'd been a lot of chatter about star jump arrays and gravity misalignment in the last hour on the open channels, so maybe not. Well, that's exactly where I am. Sims aren't reality, Trini. I need... And the deck, overhead, bulkheads, and even the air itself seemed to vibrate for just a moment. It was almost like dizziness, except that neither his eyes nor his attention shed any focus. He immediately glanced to the embedded sensor gauntlet strapped to his pressure-suited forearm. Wait, okay, I felt it. G-readings put it to... Hmm, looks like inertials, just like you figured. You owe me a coffee. ID problems right there mean a tween junction fault. Sol turned this way and that in the tall, narrow walkway, waving his scanner arm up and down, trying to get a better reading. His suit floods threw eerie shadows everywhere. Not with radiating sympathetic flux. You're right about that, too. I'm looking at it. We don't have that kind of power running through here. This has to be from one of the gravity cradles in the network. I'm getting paused diags all across the board, Sol, the artificial gravity-slash-inertial-dampening-maintenance-dispatcher argued. Well, reset and run it again. I've run it three times already. And redundancies? Main redunts everything. They're all clean and green, except... Oh, no. Unit 22 is misaligned now. Off-axial, just like 19. Whatever this is, it's spreading. 
The young technician cursed quietly. Though it was certain that Trini Hernandez, sitting in her cubicle amidships back in Unit 101, nearly 200 kilometers aft, heard him plainly. That's ten for the swear jar account, thanks, she confirmed. It'll be a great end of cruise party at this rate. If we get that far, Sol replied. This smells like a cascade event building up, Trine. Sympathetic misalignments tend to spread, but I don't know what's causing it. I can't even nail down a source locale. Better patch me through to Tommy or Maze. Okay, hold on. The silence that followed indicated that Trini had shifted comm channels. Sol moved deeper into boat 19-33, eyes on his gauntlet. The readings were all over the place and seemed to peak and valley randomly, even when he wasn't moving. One thing that was clear, it wasn't junction-related. And if it was hitting other units in the ship now, it wasn't a grav cradle after all. Not on its own, anyway. Hello? Came a soft voice over the general proximity channel. 19-33 wasn't in VAC. Strictly speaking, there wasn't a need for a suit, but safety regs dictated otherwise. He actually heard the voice from somewhere up ahead as well, coming through the clear, flexible bubble of his soft helm. Is someone here? He queried over the mic. This is Shipsis, AGID Tech 289, Specialist Sol Kawari. He announced it in ship standard fashion, as per Bellwind's official policy and onboard etiquette. Shipsis, General Repair Tech 554, Specialist Guyani Tikawi, came the counter-introduction. A heads-up display on the soft plastic in front of his face presented a ship's systems technician's badge and some base ident info, including a smiling still image. It showed a cherub-faced young woman with caramel-colored skin and very big hair. She had round, ruddy cheeks, black sparkling eyes, and a greenish nose ring. Hi, call me Sol. Nice to meet you. Guyani, or Guy is fine too. Where are you? Couple dozen meters aft. See my light? Sol bobbed his head up and down to make his suit floods throw odd angles about. Okay, yeah, I see it. I'm just ahead. I came back from Unit 10. A-G-I-D, huh? Is there a gravity issue here, too? Sol trudged on, finally spotting the glow of the general repair technician's own floods up near the bow. Two? I mean, yeah, it looks like inertials, but what else is happening? Not sure. We have train drift by two and a half points running from Unit 11 all the way back to 28, and it's getting worse. My soup sent a gen rep tech to each unit. I've been going through 19's boats one by one, but so far there's nothing to see. Engineering swears it's not anything they're responsible for, but they've got an assessment team on the way just in case. Oh, then we'll have a report out of them in a few weeks for sure. I know, right? Guyani laughed. Sol heard her mirth through the air clearly now, and turned right at the next intersection of containers, following the light. He was at the boat's bow bulkhead, which looked identical to its aft bulkhead. She was standing by an access panel a few meters away, and glanced at him as he approached. There you are. Hi, Sol. Hi. Nice to meet you. So, what do you have? 
The young woman turned to the open spot on the bulkhead and pointed to a diagnostic readout. It showed a series of steady green lines, like reassuring indicators of clarity and stability in the gloom. Well, there's a big discrepancy between my suit sensors and the installed readout here. I can see the instability with the portable device, but the hardwired system isn't showing anything at all. Okay, that's weird, Sol agreed, studying the panel and associated sensor displays. Mind if I switch views? Maybe we're having the same issue with gravity. Guy stepped aside to give him space, but also started sweeping the dimness with her sensor arm, muttering confirmations of earlier readings she'd apparently taken. Sol changed readout displays on the embedded panel, settling on the AGID systems. Sure enough, they were green across the board. That explains why dispatch isn't getting any direct readings, he stated, which made him think of Trini. He keyed the departmental channel and called for her. Trine, anything? Who's on duty? Sorry, Sol. A minute ago it went nuts here. The problem is spread all along the central train of the ship. Command just ordered the tail units to break off and put some distance between them and the rest of us before it spreads there too. At least those cold passage boats have full crews, Sol commented feeling somewhat relieved for sensible superhauler organizational techniques. All passenger units were attached at the very end of the train so they could be disconnected in a hurry in case something like this ever happened. Not that he'd heard of anything like this before. All soups are on the move, Sol, the dispatcher put in, answering his earlier query. I did a group send of your S2 details to them but haven't heard back. I think they have their hands full. It's not confined to Graves, he remarked, looking to Guyeni, who was scrolling through pop-up options and her suit sensors. She could hear his side of the conversation and glanced over, nodding. Yeah, that's the chatter, Trini confirmed. Engineering now says they're seeing fuel pressure flux. This has got to be software. I don't see how, Trine. These are distinct systems on separate networks. Guyeni heard this, too and started to offer something, but then stopped, listening to her own calm. 289 here, she replied to a call. I'm in Unit 19. Wired and wireless do not match. Repeat, local and portable sensors are way off from each other. She listened for a reply, then added, Super 31, do you read? Please advise. She stood there for a bit, confusion growing on her youthful features then said, Okay, acknowledged. I'll be right here. Communication problems now? Sol asked, but she shook her head. I don't know. He says he's sending the forward emergency repair group and that I should wait. But I was in the service center when the ERG was sent to Unit 28 to get ahead of this. I know for a fact they're not available. Sounds like a long wait then. Yeah, she agreed and frowned in obvious frustration. I'm holding for instructions, too, Sol offered. Mind if I hang out? The other tech just gestured to what little free space was available in the claustrophobic cargo hold. Sol stepped back the way that he'd approached, still trying to get a steady reading on the inertial dampeners. These were artificial gravity systems set into the bulkheads, decks, and overheads. 
Designed to react instantaneously to inertia in one direction by pulling with controlled artificial gravitational forces in exactly the opposite, they were, at least in everyday use, a nearly flawless way to prevent G-strain or sudden directional shifts in personnel, equipment, and cargo. Such systems took maintenance, though, and a vessel the size of Bellwind needed a small army of technicians to keep everything sorted out and humming along. This your first run? Guyani asked over Genprox. She was still back near the display panel. With this ship, yeah. But I did a three-month hitch with a modular hauler before. You? First cruise in deep space. Local boats only before now, intrasystem fleets. I'm from Dubin, stationer. I was born on Sropin, Sol replied embarrassedly. More rats than people over there, and you can't tell the difference half the time. Never going back. Family? Yeah, but no. None that matter. Or that I matter to, anyway. Yuck. Don't mean to dump. Sorry. Sorry, I understand, Guy commented with some empathy. Nobody's here because they have someplace better to be. Personally, I have someplace better to get to. Not sure where that is just yet, but I'm on my way. Nice outlook, the Gravtech admired. Thanks. You can steal it. I may just. Guyani chuckled and was about to reply when there was a squeal of bad feedback over the general proximity channel, which they were both tuned into, followed by a second of choppy static. Uh, hello? came a man's voice. Can you guys hear me? Who's this? Guy asked. Sol stepped back around the corner of the container stacks and saw she was looking as confused as he felt. My name is Ejok. Look, I... Oh, yeah, uh, Ship Def, Gunnery Operations 1127, Specialist Ejok DeSantos. But no ident info popped up. That was weird. Suit Comp always brought up ident through a comm call's accompanying metadata stream. Ship Defense, Sol responded. This is a local channel. Are you here someplace in 19-33? No, I'm way back in Unit 82. I had to do a cross-patch, kind of a hack with the broadcast repeater for targeting sensors. Is the switchboard down now? No, but I wanted to talk to you guys uh, privately... My comm is being watched, and there's something going on. Yeah, system glitches all over the place, Guy said. We're on it. They're not glitches, the gunnery special replied. At least I don't think so. Look, are you two alone in there? I saw your entrance codes listed in the security log. Yeah, we're alone, Sol answered testily. It was the wrong time for weird radio chatter. What is this? Good. I thought so. I need you to check something for me. You have to put service requests through normal channels, Ejok, and right now we're swamped. I've been specifically ordered not to, and to leave this alone. My soup is all over me, and... Ah, hang on, here she comes again. Then the static spat once more, and the channel went dead. Sol looked to Guyani. She gave him a shrug. It's the day for it, I guess, she observed. There was nothing to do but wait. 
Sol decided to run a methodical sweep of the boat, mapping irregularities as he went along. He held his arm out in front, letting the sensor record every gravitational data point. He moved down open spaces between containers, even going so far as to squeeze into several narrow gaps. It was very tight, but he was able to scan all the way to the big bay doors on both sides. Supercarriers fell into a singular ship classification category. They had no set forms, safe tonnage limits, or even common engineering specs. Supers could be likened to corporate entities, free to expand or contract in size, hire or fire as needed, and able to set their own courses of action and destinations. Bellwind was, therefore, more a concept of a ship than it was a discrete vessel. Whenever it arrived in a new system, unit trains peeled off by the dozens and others joined up, loaded with cargo bound for other stars and other places. Gaieni was still messing with the mounted display and was seeming frustrated. So, did you get formal training on swapping? she asked, most likely to fill the silence. No, I apprenticed on a root tanker, Sol answered, watching erratic readings scroll across the inside of his helmet, fed from the suit sensor on his arm. There was something about the spikes, almost like a pattern. I sat for my cert as soon as I thought I could pass. Bellwind was just in system then. I got my license on the first try and applied for a gravtech position the same day. I should have done it that way, she commented. Went to a technical school. It was expensive and took twice as long as it should have. Good for the basics, I guess, especially since I was a bare-metal greenie. But I haven't used a single advanced technique they ever taught. It was all out of date. Yes, there it was. Spike, pause, blip, blip, long pause. Valley, short pause, blip, short pause, valley, long pause. Then spike again. Pulsar regular. It had to be software. Well, nothing they taught would have helped us today, no matter how modern the curriculum, he replied, watching the pattern repeat. The young man returned slowly to the fore, and with each new fluctuation, he felt the dampener spike. The sensation was still slight, but definitely stronger. Hey, did you hear that? Guyani asked suddenly. Noise. Outside. Dorsal hull. Your repair team? Sol continued to the junction where the young woman was still standing. Why would they be in the hull? The problem's in here. It has to be engineering. Carapace specialists. There's no hull breach. No venting. I don't... But then he heard it too. Several metallic clumps, like magnetized booted feet, along the overhead. They seemed to be heading aft. Two people at least. Maybe more. Treen, he called over the AGID departmental channel. We're hearing EVA activity on the hull. Did engines send out any shell hogs? Did they what? Came the answer, but it cut off. Trini? A moment later, Suitcom popped up with a disconnection warning on the inside of his helmet, fading in and out in glowing red.
Diags ran all up and down available channels, with each one failing. What now? Guyani muttered, seeing it too. Network fail. Genprox is suit to suit, so we're still on, Sol observed. Yeah, but we should be good for low band no matter what, even if every repeater on the ship is down, Guy replied. I'm getting nothing. Me neither. But then they were, with that same burst of static again. Crap, you guys still there? Hello? Yeah, we're here, Sol responded. Ejok, was it? Channels are down. I don't even see this one listed. How are you doing this? I told you I'm riding piggyback in some gunnery systems. Are you seeing anyone in 1933? No, but we heard people walking outside. The voice on the line cursed. They could hear some fumbling. Then the man said, Yep, I see them. I'm looking through targeting optics. Wow, this is a bad angle. Two, maybe three figures out there? Tough to say. But I'm pretty sure they're ENCOMs. They're what? Guyani asked, confused. Sol didn't get it either. Enemy combatants, came the impatient answer. Mercs, pirates, whatever. And some of the officer are in on it, too. In on what? Sol asked, unconvinced. When did we get boarded? I didn't hear any security bells. I think they were already here, probably hiding in shipping containers, frozen down and on a timer. I caught on to them by accident. A shadow passed in front of one of my targeting sensors, so I directed short-range optics back on the hull line. I saw movement. Why are you talking to us? Guy asked. Tell your soup. I did. She shut me down and kicked me off the gunnery deck. When I tried to discuss it, she called armed security. So I hopped in a fire control pod and scrambled the lock. They weren't expecting that, but it won't hold them off forever. What are we supposed to do about it? Sol asked. Nothing. You've got problems of your own. The EVA crew? Those must be shell hogs. No, they're not. Look. The ship is nothing but a bundled train of units, right? And each unit is just a train of individual boats. I heard something about that, yeah, Guyani inserted sarcastically. Then you know that every stop changes the mix of units, boats, and extant cargo, which changes the center of the ship's mass. They try to keep it consistent, but it does move around. Nineteen is nowhere near Belwyn's mass center, Sol barked starting to get really annoyed. The only person they were able to contact was a raving lunatic who'd locked himself inside a weapon pod. It was getting ridiculous. Not the center, no, the man agreed evenly, as if sensing he was losing his audience. But after the last cargo transfer in Harris system, the ship gained four mass clusters based on unit density. Now there's only three with the passenger units disengaged. So, the gravity tech snapped. So, three clusters. Four, mid, and aft. Mid has five times the density of the other two, but any instability with them rolls back on the rest of the ship. A catastrophic failure in any mass cluster will tear this ship apart, but four and aft are five times easier to disrupt than the one at mid. How can you possibly know... Guyani started to demand, but the voice cut her off. 
because I can read a cargo manifest and run its mass estimates through a ship integrity calculator. Do it for yourself if you want. Unit 19 is at the projected center of the 4-mass cluster, and Boat 33, the one you're on right now, is at the center of Unit 19's mass. A lot of engineering staff are still in the aft units because they were overseeing the passenger breakaway. So guess which cluster is the juiciest target for sabotage right now and on which boat in particular it's going to start. Guyani was looking at Sol with an unsettled frown, as if this was starting to sound plausible. We have engineers up here too, he told the gunner. Hull specialists, like we said. Yeah? Then why haven't you picked up any of their suit chatter on Genprox? That's the only working channel they would have right now with the regular network down. A group of Shelleys right outside would be well within your range, even through the hull. Whoever that is, they're on their own channels, and they don't want to be overheard. Meanwhile, weird system fails throughout the ship keep everyone busy just when interpersonnel communications flatline to keep us isolated. It has to be intentional. They're going to scuttle Bellwind, and you two are the only ones on the scene. You have been listening to Unit 19, written and read by David Collins Rivera. You can contact me at lostinbronx at gmail.com. That's L-O-S-T-N-B-R-O-N-X at gmail. You can also check out my site at cavalcadeaudio.com and sign up for my newsletter. The Star Drifter theme is a piece called i by Trunks and can be found on soundcloud.com. The Unit 19 theme is called Reckless by Dysfunctional Al and is available on dig.ccmixter.org. Unit 19 is a work of fiction and is not based upon nor meant to portray any person, living or dead, nor any particular place or situation. This story is copyright 2017 by the author and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 international license. Feel free to use it for any purpose, even commercial, and I encourage you to do so. Thank you for listening. Take care. <laughs>